Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have not but one but two co-hosts on the line. I have Kamo. You there? Just the West. I'm here, live and in virtual person. And I got my boy T up. T up, what to do? Yeah, what to do? I, I just want. Is this recorded? Are we recording this? This is being recorded. So for y'all that are listening on the pod, this is also being recorded on the Zoom podcast. Vis- visual too. Yep, yep visual, visual as well. So maybe I'll put this on YouTube. I, I don't know, but uh, oh, fancy! I, I just want to point out how me and Camo's backgrounds is kind of shaped like something, but we'll let viewers see. Mm. It's, uh, <laughs> it's out of this world, guys. It's out of this world. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, no, hey, guys, it's been a minute since we've done a pod, because there hasn't really been much to talk about. It's been more talk about MLB, NBA, the bubble, you know, might have you, and now, you know, going into this week around, like, the last week of, Je- uh, of July, we're going to go into training camp, I mean, you know, what, what's been new with you guys, how, how have you been taking everything, as we're officially, like, more than halfway through the year? I think it's great that we have live sports. Yeah, you know, I even mean, though we're watching like NBA scrimmages, you know, NBA is supposed <laughs> to start in three days. Um, yeah, yeah, MLB, yeah. at least, you know, shit, I'm watching baseball. Yeah. It might not be, you know, as exciting. As, well, actually, it's more exciting than before because I mean, we've been. Are you actually going to consistently watch baseball or are you going to just kind of taper off like you usually do? Uh, probably <laughs> taper off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have sports, though. And that's really, really it is. It's good. And NBA, hey. NBA is here. I'm happy. Here. What about you guys? Justin, a quick question. Did, have you, was your uh, cutout, cardboard cutout of yourself uh, accepted by a Giants um, in the infield there? Have you seen yourself on TV or no? You know, I, I gave you the draft of what I wanted to do. Your, your cutoff and Tom's cutoff and CeeLo's. Like, I yeah. don't know, man. I haven't heard, heard back. I thought it was pretty fire, bro. I know, man. I know. Oh, I, was look, I, was look, I was looking out for it, but. No, man, up here in the, the great Pacific Northwest, it's been a buzz this week with oh, a small signing. We'll talk about probably at length in this podcast, but also I have three words. Release the... Kraken! Kraken. For those that don't know, I know this is a NFC West podcast, just the West of the NFC West podcast, but we're, you know, it's also worth noting that the NHL, which is the National Hockey League, uh, announced that there's going to be a new expansion team in Seattle land, the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken. Okay. Crack and, house. Uh, Crackheads. Fear, fear the fear the tentacles. Fear the, yeah, squid emoji. And just to let y'all know, I don't really watch hockey, nor have I been a fan of a particular team, even though I'm in the Bay Area. I could have been a Sharks fan, but I've chosen not to up to this it's your point. Chance. It's so your chance. I'm going to be a day one fan. Starts now. Kraken. Let's release the Kraken, baby. Proclaim it. I, will I, I know. It. I know, Justin. You're already a fan of the logo and the S. It's, it is. It is pretty fire, though. It is, man. No, I, yeah. I'm. I'm looking. I'm relying on you when the apparel starts and when, when yes. it drops. We got to get some. Uh, we got to get some hats, man. I got you. I got you. I, you I, I just. I just read actually. They're building their um, eighty million dollar uh, uh, team headquarters slash public ice rink. Literally five minutes up the street from my place. No um, shoes. Yeah, so, yeah. And I guess I also heard they're gonna have like a six thousand square foot team store in downtown by Pike Place. So, you know, people are excited. They, the flags are flying at Space Needle, and oh my god, that's yeah, crazy. people are 
yeah, it's 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 what a time here. So is S flying next to the twelve flag? They replaced it's it's S by itself on top of the Space Needle. Wow, wow. Yeah. Seattle's yeah. not loyal. They're not loyal fans. You I know, mean, this, this is so weird though. They move, they move it around for sure. But then it's still COVID nineteen. They're talking about all this of what could be, but all the while we're still like, well, we're still well, fucked. Keep in keep in mind that the the Kraken season doesn't start till October next year, so we got a minute to wait. Oh crap! That long, really? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they're yeah. they're still re- they're still rebuilding. Uh, or it's called the uh, I think it's the Energy Saver. No, Energy Solutions Arena or something. Formerly Key Arena. They're redoing it. Okay. Oh, so, uh, that's where they're gonna play. That's where they play. So uh, yeah, that whole area is getting completely redone, and you know. To welcome the new team and such. Huh. I think I think we might need to do a a sharks at Seattle, maybe, Justin. Oh. Uh, I'll, you know where I stand? You know where I stand, baby? Fuck it. SAP Center, whatever. If I'll represent I'll represent the tank. If it is, that what they is that what they call it? The shark tank? The yeah, shark tank. Some shit like that. But I know we've been talking a minute for f- hockey. Let's keep it in Seattle land, though, because that's pretty much mm. the reason for this podcast, guys. We haven't done a pod in a couple of weeks until, I don't know, something significant that kind of changes the entire landscape of the NFL, let alone the NFC West. So to start the offseason, you know, you have DeAndre Hopkins coming into the mix. And now you have this other uh, certain individual, an old pro strong safety from New York, New York Jets. So on Saturday... I can't believe it though, because I fucking called this shit came out. Did I not call this? Did like okay. we were on the pod what three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah, man. So Jamal Adams said that he wanted to get traded. He wanted to go to seven teams in particular. Two teams were in the NFC West. One being the Niners, the other being the Seahawks. And you know, here's here's the thing about him. He's been in the league for three years. He's got two years left on his rookie deal, but he wants to get paid like one of the top safeties right now. I know that Eddie Goldman, he's the top safety in terms of dollars per per year at 14 mil. He wants something above that, north of 14 mil. And so he demanded a trade, and you know what? He got it. And I can't believe it because he is going to the NFC West. And not only is he going to the NFC West, he's going to fucking Seattle. He's going to the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, in comparison to some of these other trades where, you know, you get uh, 50 cents on the dollar, you know, they traded, uh, I think what a, a seventh round, I think a fifth rounder for Quandre Diggs and a seventh rounder. They got that. Um, I think they might've traded a third rounder and a couple linemen to get your Davion Clowney. Um, but this was not cheap. There was no discount for this. Okay. Two first rounders next year's first rounder, 2022's first rounder, uh, a third rounder this upcoming year. And they also traded their presumed, you know, s- starting strong safety in Bradley McDougal, uh, an up and coming safety that had played both positions free and strong, replacing Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor in years past. Um, so they traded all those guys, all those picks for Jamal Adams and a fourth round pick. Okay, this is this is huge. Okay, this is a blue chip prospect, a guy that has ascended in the league, arguably the top safety at his position. Um, kind of a linebacker, a pass rusher as well. I believe in his three years, he's accumulated uh, 10, 12 sacks, um, four forced fumbles. I mean, you know, he, he is, he's a, a chess piece to put in the box, okay? 
And you can make a case that he might help the pass rush. You can make a case that he was drafted and acquired uh, to defend the likes of George Kittle in the NFC West. But lo and behold, he's here. He is part of the Just the West network, which is the NFC West. Um, let's go ahead. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Game, I'll go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I can tell you, as we were talking right before the pod, um, Seattle's been a buzz this week, clearly, for two big reasons. We talked about the Kraken already, and Jamal Adams is the other big reason. Um, Justin and I were on the pod a few weeks ago talking about Niners versus um, Seahawks, who are both in the mix for Jamal Adams' services. I read an article today that the Niners actually didn't have a meeting with them, so who knows really what the truth is there. But, um, yeah, Justin, you definitely called it. Uh, it seems like John Snyder went out and, you know, got his guy, essentially. You know, there have been moves, like you mentioned before, uh, where, you know, bringing in Jadavion Clowney and, and um, you know, other guys as well to bolster up the defense recently to a team that's already won 13 wins, had 13 wins last year. So, clearly, this is something they want to win now. Russell Wilson, you know, he is the all-star of their team and the whole in the whole city here. So, um, yeah, now he has his defensive prize to uh, help on that end. So now they have, technically you could say they have three blue chip players uh, on the team. You have obviously Russell Wilson holding down the offense, and then in the front seven you have Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. Then on the back part of the defense, you now have Jamal Adams. Um, but keep in mind, mind as well, I mean, you know, these are two first round picks and a third rounder. Okay. And that's a lot. Let's just look at this historically speaking, because John Schneider, the general manager for the Seahawks, he's been aggressive in years past. He's traded for Percy Harvin, Sidney Rice, Jimmy Graham, Jadavion Clowney, like we mentioned, you know, um, he's hit on some, he's missed on some, but by far, this is probably his most aggressive trade because this is up in the tiers of, and this is probably what the Jets did anyways in terms of comps, but, you know, Jalen Ramsey fielded two first-round picks. Khalil Mack fielded two first-round picks. And now you're talking about a safety, though, for two first-round picks. I mean, you know, do, do you think that's justified? I mean, you know? Well, and, and Tom, hop in whenever you're ready, but I feel like it is justified because – He's been in the league three years. He's 24. He's not even near his prime yet. It's He's already an all-pro. He's the best safety in the league. Uh, it, again, you could have this guy for the next 10 years. So I think if they – you saw what they did when they won, this, they won one Super Bowl and they went to back-to-back Super Bowls and how much that makes a difference. And I think this was, that was a driving force for this, for this signing. I mean, he's a non-quarterback – you could say he wrestles the pass rusher or he wrestles the quarterback, but not really. I mean, he's a, he's a strong safety for, for that matter. I, I don't know. Do you have yeah. any, any initial thoughts? Yeah, I think it was a pretty high price to pay. Um, it was kind of, it's, it's in Snyder's forte to, to make kind of like a splash off season trade like this. And especially like with the type of season that they had last, last year, pretty much. Um, I know they, you know, they're itching to get back in there and, and be in contention and, you know, this Legion of Boom 2.0, that's going to happen. And, you know, Jamal Adams is, he, you know, they think he's going to lead the charge. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, next two years is going to be kind of all in for them. 
But yeah, I mean, that's a high price to pay, in my opinion. There's there's just too many factors that could go into next season, and you know, the, the draft picks that they gave up, McDougal, he looked promising. I don't know. I just think uh, it could. It, I don't know. It's they need to address some other positions. And one of the positions is obviously pass rush, right? I think they were kind of middle of the pack last season when they're known for getting after the quarterback. Yeah, they're like 30 to 31st. Like they're uh, okay, so not middle in the pack. <laughs> the leading sack leader was Rasheem Green. He had five sacks. By the way, Jamal Adams last year, he had six sacks. So he already he's already mm-hmm. surpassed the entire pass rush for the Seahawks, you know? It makes you think that if you're going to sign a strong safety and kind of make a splash like that, they're, they are targeting who they want to defend. I wonder who that could be. So, so to your point, too, let's just take a step back for Legion of Boom, Pete Carroll's uh, defensive scheme and whatnot. I mean, you know, I, I honestly, as much as I don't like the trade, um, from an X's and O's perspective, you know, there's Jamal Adams, there's Isaiah Simmons, there's Tyron Matthew. You know, the, these are chess pieces where you can put them at nickel, linebacker, safety, mm-hmm. in-the-box guys. Um, they can rush the passer, you know, do a little bit of everything, run supports, where, you know, I, I feel that Jamal Adams is a, a unique player. Um, the interesting thing is in, for his first three years in the league, I, I quote you from ESPN stats, 40% of his snaps – we're from linebacker. Um, so he rushed the passer as a defensive end as well. He played safety, but you know, he's he played a lot of different positions, kind of like Isaiah Simmons, kind of like Tyron Matthew. But just you know, um, uh, I I can see the fit. I can certainly see the fit where he's not just any sort of strong safety, but uh, yeah. I, I can mean, totally see them utilizing him in the box. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, they need to stop the run. I think they were kind of porous last year, especially in that um, the game against the Niners at the, uh, at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he definitely patches up a hole. Mm-hmm. It, he might cover up the deficit of what they have in pass rush. I mean, Seattle still has the opportunity to sign like someone, like you said, we were talking earlier, Clowney, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's still, he's still a option for Seattle. Um, but you know that, the um what is it called the salary cap is gonna it's gonna come back and there's players that need to get signed but i don't know that's kind of i'm i wasn't really surprised when i heard about seattle making a splash like that mm-hmm. i i just felt i mean here, here's the thing i that going into this like what is the ask for jamal adams i was like saying a first and a mid-round pick i, I never mm-hmm. imagined two first round two. picks though well two first round picks for a strong safety let alone Mm-hmm. You know, someone that doesn't rush the oh, I mean he could but he's that's not his first first primary thing he doesn't rush the passer he doesn't cover one half of the field I mean you know he, he's a safety safeties for the most part are I won't say replaceable but they're not the priority of a defense typically yeah a couple thoughts on that though I mean I think I think with that to your point about you know you're thinking it's gonna be a first and a mid-round pick like you've mentioned before with Khalil Mack Jalen Ramsey, they all, their minimum asking price at this point are two first rounders. And Jamal Adams is definitely in the same, regardless of position, same sort of echelon of superstar player. It doesn't even matter what position they play. And so, and kind of like we were touching on before, how he kind of plays all over the field. He's a jack of all trades. You know, I think Seattle, 
they they're like we they wanted that defensive star and he was available he's young so he's so aside from giving up a lot, which I agree they did, they did, but I think that they made the decision now because they can have lock in a guy and hopefully be able to keep him with, you know, after his, his deals up for long term because he is, he's not just any other safety. He, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, his character or his, uh, his kind of persona and, and everything like that, despite him kind of complaining and, and bitching, want to get out of New York. He's one of those guys who seems like, wow, okay. If he if you have his if you if he's on your on your good list and he wants to be play for you, then he's going to be you know all in for the city, and it's just gonna it's just gonna drive fans crazy. Let me ask you this, Sorry. Justin. I want to ask you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think any other NF, NFC West team kicked the rocks on on Jamal Adams? And that's the thing. I was thinking about it because the seven teams that he requested with it was. Seahawks and the Niners in the NFC West. And I know for a fact that the Niners, all things considered, you just look at their, their history for John Lynch, uh, the way they go about trades and Prague with, with salary cap and managing contracts. I mean, they traded DeForest Buckner, who is, by the way, he is a blue chip player, but they didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay him 20 mil. You know, they didn't want to go above the market. They traded him for a first rounder to the Colts and they got a cost effective mood. Uh, move uh, drafting Javon Kinlaw. So I thought it would be very un-Niners like, very unlinch-like to go against the grain and then go all in for a safety if you just traded your your marquee tack, defensive tackle. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, I know they mentioned the Cowboys too as another potential because, you know, he's from Texas. But it goes back to the point. I mean, they already have all this investment and all these other players like Jalen Smith, Amari Cooper, they still got to pay Dak Prescott. So I know that they're hurting on the cap as well. Uh, and when you consider that the salary cap is expected to go down, I I don't know. Maybe the price got driven because of the, the threats of the Niners being in the mix. But I don't know. Who who would have else competed against the Seahawks for two first-rounders? Um I, I know the Ravens were in the mix. I know uh, the Chiefs. I, I don't know, but I don't know if any other team would have given two first rounders for a first safety. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I thought Dallas was serious contenders. Mm-hmm. I said Dallas like a total like Jerry Jones. Let's get my boy type of type of player. <laughs> and and that's the thing too. Like, and I saw this from a tweet. I forget who, who tweeted this out. My apologies, but this was a tweet that really spoke to me. Okay. Um, and the tweet goes like this. Paying two first rounders for Jamal Adams isn't a problem. Paying Jamal Adams a, you know, league leading contract isn't the problem. The problem is doing both of these things at the same time. <laughs> Not only do you give high draft capital out to retain his services, but you're also forced presumably this year, you know, he's, he's due three mil, uh, from my understanding, he'll probably play through this contract in the same capacity as Trent Williams with the Niners. He'll play through this year, but after that, he wants to get paid kind of like DeForest Buckner with, with the Colts. You know, he, he, he got traded to Indianapolis and he got a $20 million, um, Aaron Donald type of deal. So you're paying high, high draft capital just to have the right to overpay Maybe, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that loosely, but to overpay at the position because you're setting the league 
with that new new contract. And that's the problem. You get what I'm saying? I feel like you have Seattle like bent over your knee right now and you're just spanking it, just like because <laughs> if you're because if you're <laughs> no, I get it though. No, amazing, you have all the leverage, you know what I'm saying? Just like Jets have bad. all the leverage. Like they had no reason to let him go. And the only way that they're gonna let him go is if you show me something that I can't deny, right? Show me the money. And mm-hmm. Jets, Seattle, they fucking they pulled out everything out of their capital. And they said, give me Jamal Adams. New York said, all right, that's what you're going to give us. We'll give him to you. No problem. You go, you deal with it now. And a bit all that, you know, to Kamo's point, he does have a spit. Uh, uh, he does have a fit, a very specific fit in the NFC West. Because, you know, your, your biggest opponent in the division is the San Francisco 49ers. You can make a case for the Rams and the Cardinals. But right now, the division champ is the Niners. And... Their best weapon right now is George Kittle. Um, mm-hmm. Jim McGraw is the quarterback. You already know this. He doesn't. He doesn't really throw the deep ball. He doesn't really throw outside. Uh, most of his stuff is in the middle of the field, off play action, um, short to mid throws. Right. And where's that radius? That is Jamal Adams' territory. That's his neighborhood. So he will cover George Kittle. He will be in there in the run support. He will be hawking right in Jimmy G's sweet spot. So I can see the fits. Don't get it. Mm-hmm. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> that was a nice uh, transition there from, uh, from uh, the Seahawks over to, uh, to Kittle who it hasn't happened yet, but it looks like he is going to be very nicely compensated or at least fairly from the eyes of the, of the 49ers uh, for his services probably any day now, would you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, training camp's going to start in the next couple of days, from what I understand. A deal mm-hmm. seems sooner than later. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see what the numbers are for that, and we can talk about it. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, mean, it's just interesting. You know, when you look at this division, uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't Debo Samuel also recently tweet out or something about after the trade, people were saying, oh, you need to watch out. You know, Jamal Adams coming to your division. And uh, basically him saying – I'm not afraid of him or anyone really at this point. Devo did say that. And yeah. it kind of speaks back to the volumes of the type of offense that the Niners have. They have yak receivers. They have a lot of play action, a lot of stuff where they, they make plays after the catch. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Seattle, you know, Jamal Adams is a playmaker that will stop that part of the field that will yeah. not allow continuous yards after the catch. They also decided that they also added Tom's boy, uh, Brandon Ayuk with the with the extra yak uh to the roster that drafted him out of asu so yeah you know we'll see what happens but i agree you know that's something that i'm sure the niners and john lynch were very uh mindful of knowing that seattle was a likely you know was a, a tart uh prime landing spot for for adam so we'll see what's going to come so i mean here's here's another argument too for for the pro Jamal Adams people like yourself, Kevin. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding or the lack thereof, but they haven't really done typically well the last couple of years with their first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. LJ Collier, um, you know, Jermaine yeah. Fetty, uh, Rashad Penny. Mm-hmm. They haven't really hit on their first round picks anyways. So you could say that, hey, yeah. fuck it. I might as well trade these first round picks because here's another point too. You know, this upcoming year for 2021 amidst the COVID-19 ordeal, 
I don't even know if there's going to be college football, let alone scouting. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, when you give up your 2021 pick, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point, but I mean, you got to think the Niner or the, me, the Seahawks, they've had all these late round first picks for the last several years because they've had really good records. Um, you know, they haven't really hit on any of their guys in later rounds. I mean, that could be due to scouting. It could be due to who knows. Um, you know, I know I saw something that they've only retained, like, you know, some of the guys from 2016, 2017 draft. There's only a couple guys who are even left on the team at this point. So, you know, I feel like the Seahawks, they, they make splashes by doing these types of trades and signing free agents and such just to build around Wilson, um, essentially at this point. So, but is this the right way to build around Russell Wilson? If you want to build around Russell Wilson, uh, I don't know. You you get offensive linemen, you get pass rushers, you get um, DK Metcalf was very nice, but you get playmakers yes. on the offense. I mean, does a safety really help Russell it's Wilson? A start. It's a start because you know, like you said, the Legion Boom is no no longer. You need to address the secondary was terrible last year. This is a this is a starting piece. So. And again, if, you know, I'm not talking about the, about the, um, the financial side and the salary cap and such, if the Seahawks win a Super Bowl again, it doesn't even matter what it, what it's going to cost or the tax implications, they will make anything work to keep, to keep their guys together. Wait, so so you're, tell, you're telling me like a strong safety will put them over the, the, the top. I mean, they were 13 win season. Keep, keep, with, in, with keep this, in mind last year, they won 13 games, but Here's fact of the day, since you love these fact of the day <laughs> deals, Camo. 11 yeah. of the 13 wins were won by... Mm-hmm. It's like three points or something. Yep. Very close. That yep. never happens. You don't ever win consecutive years. 11 games by less than a, uh, than a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I know. Very and we've talked about this many times before. And it's just one of those things, having lived here for a year now, and people, honestly, I'm like, how does this... How can you bank on Russell Wilson pulling out a win out of his ass like six times in a row by a score of less than a touchdown. And honestly, it's just, they call it the Wilson magic here. It's just, it just happens. So. But that, that's what I'm saying. You, you win all these close games. Yeah. You still didn't fix the line. You didn't fix the pass rush. You don't have Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Um, but so when you're giving admit, the Super Bowl stuff, I don't know, man, because to even get to 13 was last year was. But when have, when know, have the Seahawks ever, ever really built themselves up through the draft? and have drafted offensive linemen well they've made it they've made it work for since you know well i mean bringing, you know, 2013 to 2016 when they drafted marshawn chancellor wilson yeah. and all those fools, yeah, you know that was right? a, they i mean they did miss on the offensive line though and that was that oh. was a big problem that they had last yep. year was russell wilson can't stay on his feet and yep. it I remains mean, the same nothing's changed though that's what i'm yeah. saying mm-hmm. <clears throat> um we'll see i don't know Tip, typical Seattle, but I mean, they still have some time left to adjust the pass rush. Maybe they could find an offensive line or they could find like some sort of old line gem that's like in the practice squad that's just been lurking in there. I don't know. Did the Seahawks draft any linemen this year, Justin, in in their draft? Yeah, uh, Darrell Taylor out of Tennessee, second round pick. Um, Yeah, I mean, they've tried. LZ Collier last year out of TCU. Um, they tried to get – he didn't even play a, a single fucking down, but Malik McDowell <laughs> out of Michigan State the, uh, a couple years back, he got into AT, ATV accident, and that, that was about it. But they've tried. Mm-hmm. Hasn't mm-hmm. worked. 
hasn't worked. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, man, I, I just, all I'm trying to say is, you know, you want to get out over the top and you have all these other needs. You want to support Wilson. Um, I don't necessarily think a win now move for a strong safety is the business, but maybe I'm overlooking the importance of small Adams as a player, but I mean, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me ask you this too. Then, all right. So, I mean, specifically, like I mentioned before, he's been he can linebacker, defensive end, um, safety, a little bit of nickelback, maybe. I mean, where do you see Jamal Adams in this scheme? Definitely, he's gonna be playing in the box, like a um, playing in the box, patching up the holes, um, blocking the running lanes. And then just guarding the middle, just guarding the, you know, the slants, intermediate routes. I think just just backing up the linebacker crew. That's another, I think, another group out of Seattle that was kind of hurting last year was the linebackers. All they had was Wagner. K.J. Wright was whatevs. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting, too. So they get K.J. Wright back. Hopefully he's healthy now. He drafted Jordan Brooks from Texas A&M. And so they're, and by theory, their linebackers are good and – Actually, this the secondary. I mean, Quandre Diggs is going to be the free safety. Well, depends. Maybe you might put Marquise Blair at free safety. Um, you put Jamal Adams at strong safety. Maybe you put Quandre Diggs at nickelback, and then you have uh, Shaquille Griffin, and then you have Trey, Trey Flowers or Quentin Dunbar, depending on how his bullshit um, <laughs> case goes. But then it's a pretty good secondary on paper. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. No. Um, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, how's that citra treating you? <laughs> it looks real delicious, man. Right. For those that don't know, I'm drinking some Fieldworks. Uh, we got a King Citra. It's a double IPA. 8.7 alcohol. Oh, it's... No. Oh. So, uh, that spicy, field, Justin. At Fieldworks, feel free to, to sponsor the pod. Oh, yeah. At Fieldworks. <laughs> At Fieldworks. Why? Uh, no, I'm I'm speaking some um, some good insight. My uh, my insight has not been compromised. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, any any other th- any other final thoughts about Jamal Adams? Because uh, I, I still get plenty to go. Just depending on how you guys want to roll. I'm still. I don't know. I feel like, for me personally. There are a whole bunch of other needs, you know, not doing too good against the pass rush. There's other things about, about protecting Russell Wilson and they invested two first round picks in Jamal Adams. That's something that it's hard to, hard, hard to come, come for me. Uh, what are your, yeah, your, your yeah. parting thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think really it's at this point, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. There's going to be no preseason games, right? So that's, that's uh, we're going to have to wait till the regular season to really get this, get the first look. Um, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to hear, you know, what, when we have a pod after the first game and if Adams has a big game, you know, has a sack and a pick or something like that and a bunch of, you know, disruptions and kind of see how he, how he's fitting in. The welcome, welcome to Seattle game. Uh, I mean, it's, I, one, one thing that I I just thought about right now as a a dynamic is, you know, obviously with Seattle and the century link is the, you know, the crowd noise is being such a, you know, the 12 is being such a, a force for defense players. If there's not going to be any fans this year, how that's going to impact things at all. If, you know, maybe they always say that the fans win them at least one or two games every season. So maybe 
those those will be your losses, Justin, uh, because of and eleven game. wins last year that were that close. Yeah. So, who knows? Unless they really crank up the crowd, fake crowd noise to like, you know, the cardboard cutouts. Exactly, they're rumbling. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's let's put put it on the board then. Okay, so for the Jets, you give them a what grade? You for the Seahawks, you give what grade? Uh, I'd say I honestly felt like it was at this point pretty even. I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the Seahawks. Um, I'm going to give them a B plus. I'm going to give the Jets. I'm going to give them a B. Ooh. B, Okay. So you think it's, a, it's truly like a win-win for both teams? I think so. Okay. What about you? I, I give the Jets probably an A. I don't think you could get a better deal than that for Jamal Adams. And I would say Seattle – I mean, they did get a great player in return, so I can't give them like a, I guess a B minus, but okay. it's 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 subject to increase or decrease depending on his performance, right? So, um, depending how the the bell curve works out, right? <laughs> yeah, if if the curve flattens, then they're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I'll give the Jets an A just because from a negotiation perspective, they were negotiating at a hard position where the player is obviously unhappy. Um, you know, it's a position that's not a premium. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just knowing the jets, I thought they would fuck it up and just cave in honestly. So I'll give the jets a lot of credit. Um, so I'll go ahead and give the jets an a, because if you're going to tell me, we've hardly talked about this too, but outside of the two first rounders outside of the third round pick, but they have someone to replace Jamal Adams in the immediate future, which is Bradley McDougal. Okay. Bradley McDougal, like for those that don't watch Seattle football, but like he was very, very important for them. Um, all those years transitioning from Earl Thomas to Ken Chancellor, when both those players got hurt, he played both free safety and strong safety all the while while not complaining and just did his fucking job. Okay. He came from Tampa Bay. He went to the Seattle. He got a really good team friendly three year extension. And honestly, he's one of the more underrated players in the NFL. I'll put that on the board. And so you pair him up with Marcus May with the jets. That's not that bad of a replacement post Jamal Adams. Obviously he'll never be to the same caliber of Jamal Adams, but you get someone that's replaceable as starting safety you get two first-round picks um, to rebuild your franchise, which is clearly what they're trying to do anyways. And a third-rounder, I mean, that, that's a for sure A. That's the best scenario of a deal you're going to get. Okay. Um, as for the Seahawks, I'll give them – fuck it. I'm going to give them a C. Um, you know, typically speaking, you know, they, they've, they've gotten good value in, in years past. Today, Van Clown and Quandry Diggs are the most recent ones, but – you know, this is probably the most aggressive trade by general manager John, John Snyder. And I don't know if this is really going to work. Um, you know, if, if you're a, a team that has most of their stuff that needs a couple pieces uh, to push them over the top, maybe so. But I just feel that the Seahawks, you know, you have the benefit of Russell Wilson, but everything else on both sides of the football um, is questionable. 
So I don't know if this is necessarily going to put you over the top. Sure, you're going to be better, but how much better are you going to be? That's my final thoughts. Very good. <laughs> right. All right. So cheers to that. Uh, let's talk some more uh, NFC West football, too. I know it's been like the Jamal Adams podcast, but, you know, today, hey, happy news for, for Niner fans. Raheem Mostert, he was bitching about his contract. He wanted a new deal. And um, it's not really a new deal per se. It's it's about the same. But uh, instead of he's got a guaranteed two mil, but they gave him incentives to make as much as, what, four or five mil, the same level as Tevin Coleman. So they agreed to terms on that, and he is a happy camper. Yep. Yeah, I feel like we were uh, singing his uh, farewell song what last pod when the, that news kind of broke, and his agent was tweeting like, oh, "You know, we're basically we're going to entertain other offers and such, and try to try to move on." So, uh, you know, you obviously know. he had a, he had a huge year, so he got you know I, I think it's worked out for both sides. You know what came to mind when uh, when I saw that he resigned? You know that that uh, the Draymond and KD meme where Draymond's like, and the yeah, KD's yeah. listening, like, yeah. So Draymond would be his agent, like, <laughs> you could do better, you could do better. And most yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can. I can do it. <laughs> I can do better. He's like, I want to trade. It's like, okay, we're going to get a trade. He looks at the market. Phone is dry. No one, no one texts them. No one calls. Oh man! And then, then he's like, "Fuck, okay." Now I gotta talk to him. <laughs> Say, "I'm sorry, guys. I'm all back. <laughs> I didn't mean what I said." I'll give most of some credit though, because he's you know, a his agent. What the hell was he thinking? Yeah, that's that's some dumb. I I saw somewhere on online on Twitter or something. Someone had posted a screenshot. Be like, never trust an agent who uses an Android. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. I> know. <laughs> if he if he if he still uses echo phone you need you need to fire him <laughs> yeah he was getting a lot of heat for that like <laughs> twitter for android <laughs> i'm glad it could get resolved because if not i don't know what most was doing because he's got two years left in his deal i'm glad that they could come to some sort of compromise because i just it's tough it's, it's tough I, I get where most was coming from uh, and I'm thankful that he wasn't trying to demand like top 10, top 15, like Le'Veon on bell type of money. So I'll just leave it at that. He's had like in recess, he's that one kid at kickball that just had like 10 runs his first game. And then he thinks he's hot shit. I know. And, and then the next game he goes like, Oh, for 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sit back, sit, sit down. <laughs> Hopefully that Mostert, I love you, but. Oh, I don't no. know. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you're back. Let's just say yeah. that. I'm glad you're back. Same. We are. Uh, we're back. So this week is going to be NFL training camp. Mm-hmm. And like what? Well, I think tomorrow they start training camp. The rookies come in and they report. Um, from what I understand, from what I've been reading through the Athletic, you know, you have like let's just say a 90 men roster. You have to minimize it to an 80 at a certain point, mm-hmm. and then you eventually have to put it down to like a 53 and all that. And then, from what I understand as well, you know, for this year specifically, you have instead of 12 players on the practice squad, you can have 16 players on the practice squad. And mm-hmm. the difference between this year and the years past is you don't need to. Um, there's no requirement on the amount of seasons you have to play. 
because typically practice squad players are from rookie to like two years in the league, but you can stash anyone now on the practice squad. And in addition to that, there is also um, a different IR. It's like a temporary COVID-19 IR, which is kind of crazy. But for those that have tested positive or for those that have been in contact, uh, it could be a a potential threat, have been exposed to the COVID-19 virus. There is a temporary IR for that. And from what I understand as well, I mean, this is just talking about, you know, 2020 for, for Christ's sake, but... Um, for training camp, you know, you have 90 or 80 to 90 guys on the roster. So the rookies in the first years or whatever, they're going to split it off and then you get the veterans. So only half the people can go on one side and then, you know, the other half will be on the other side. They're going to practice respectively. They're not, they're not going to practice together. Um, from what I know for the Niners, because, because their practice is both in Levi Stadium where you can do it at the stadium or you can do it right outside – they're going to be able to do it simultaneously, but they can't put them together. Uh, but but honestly, I mean, in light of what had happened with the Miami Marlins in the MLB, with 14 of them being tested positive, I mean, what is your train of thought as of right now, you know, Monday, July 27th, uh, tomorrow we're, we're starting training camp? I mean, it's if I would tell, I would probably be shitting breaks. This is not how I wanted to. It's just you have to have a bubble in order to in order for mm-hmm. to have a season. And you know, I was just talking about it today, and I was just thinking about it. It's like okay, so seven, 14 players tested positive, and then that was at an away game. So all the contact tracing that they have to do in order to find out where it came from, uh, man, it's just like that. You know, it's like tree roots. It's just yep. too much, and you can't control what happens to players and who they're in contact with and NBA, you know, it looks like they're, they're doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Some people are sneaking out, you know, doing, (laughs) getting food at the best restaurants apparently, but um, (laughs) it's working. It's working. Yeah. But you you can't do that with how many 200 plus players and staff on a given week, you know, that's the home team and away team. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're going to start on time, but finishing the season is, man, imagine if 25 players test positive the, the, the night before on a Saturday. What the fuck are you going to do then on Sunday? Yeah. Like. Practice yeah. squad and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I, I know they're trying to figure out. The testing schedule, like saw somewhere today, they're gonna do like two times two times a day testing essentially, and uh, also you know I, I don't know what the situation with the face masks and all that kind of stuff, but you know on the, on the helmet itself, you know what I mean. Uh, really, it's just gonna it's just gonna take one team that's gonna have this this outbreak, and it's just gonna screw everything up. Honestly, um, I don't know. I feel like the NFL is gonna do everything in his power to keep things on schedule and to keep games not getting postponed or canceled because each game re- generates so much money, especially now there's so much people are just looking forward to this so much. Um, you saw even for baseball, that Thursday night game, the giants Dodgers, like the highest rated Thursday night game ever or something crazy, <laughs> you know, it's just like people are itching for it. But again, it's, who knows don't get me wrong. I, I want, I want to see football. I'm, I'm dying to see football. But yep. they need to get 
they need to go back to the drawing board and they need to just they need to rethink because this is a good war this is a good warning before the actual season starts this is a good kick in the nuts like hey this is this the shit's real you know yeah. and god know, forbid I, I got- god forbid it wasn't that, that this happened to the nfl right like yeah. you know it's like thank god be kind of dog bullet <laughs> but the nfl is approaching the sun is gonna rise right mm-hmm. so it's yeah i got i got all excited when i saw those emails this week from yahoo sports saying oh fantasy football is coming back i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right can you imagine like half your lineup is out because of covid <laughs> IR. it's like a championship it's on a IR championship COVID. game too I know. it's a must win and then it's like your your quarterback, your running back, and your kicker's out, and you're like, oh my god, and you lose by like point five. But, Story of my life. Yeah, Justin, are you gonna are, you, are, are the the eight time walkers gonna have a a virtual draft again this year? Hey man, uh, I'm always been on the side of don't worry. It's a waste of time to worry about things that you can't control. All mm-hmm. I can control is, is the presence. As of right now, we're slated to play some football. And that's what I'm going to go with it. If things change accordingly, then so be it. But it's not worth worrying or stressing about things that have yet to come. Um, I feel that, you know, for football, knowing Goodell, he's going to try in every certain angle to get it started. But the benefit about this is he's in the NBA. He's in the MLB. They're the last sport that really debuts um, for 2020. So what they do will be very, you know, uh, no pressure, but you've seen all this data. You've seen what's worked for certain sports. That includes soccer, UFC, and all this other stuff, too. So Golf. They, golf. Should, have a, they should have a football mm-hmm. island. Football <laughs> island. In, in New Zealand. Hey, Kiwis, let us play there. So... They have like no, they have like no cases down there. Too, I know, so. man. Fuck, they're just like <laughs> living their life over there. Just yeah. So the move is on the NFL, though. You have all this data. You've seen what's worked. You've seen what hasn't worked. Um, I think it is apples to oranges, though. I really don't think they could have a true bubble like the NBA is doing it in Orlando, just because every team is like what you know, like ninety people on the staff that includes players, trainers, mm-hmm. coaches. I don't know if that would actually be applicable to have it in one specific area, but you know, I, you know, uh, where's ideal no. Canada. There's a lot of land in Canada. <laughs> a lot of land in Canada. Let's can't, you can't uh, cross, you can't cross the border. Now the borders are closed. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're stuck. Where is it? Where's yeah. our, they can play in like Nebraska or something. Uh, those States, Montana. I think I, uh, I think Vermont has the fewest cases in the in the state. Oh, okay, Vermont. That's a good one. Wait, Vermont. Probably nice that's... in the summertime. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful. Fresh air. Yeah, yeah. They probably have really fresh beer. <laughs> Ma- maple syrup. Do like a do like a you know a maple syrup stout. Yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about the strip clubs over there too, right? <laughs> the real raunchy ones. So, anyways. <laughs> 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 I hope that there's football tomorrow is going to be training camp. Yeah. The 28th is going to be training camp for a, a lot of NFL teams. Talk about Jamal Adams. Talk about Raheem Mostert. Anything else top of mind guys? Glad to see you guys. Yeah. Good pun. 
It was pretty solid. Yeah, you need, a, you need a haircut, Tom. <laughs> no, I did get a haircut. Look, look at that taper, bro. It's just my, I'm wearing a headband because my hair's. Oh, off. that's why. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, real, real fast. Not NFL weighted, but NBA. Real, who is who is your guys' MVP right now? LeBron, dude. LeBron. That's tough to say. I haven't watched any of the Laker games, but has he been playing? It doesn't fucking matter about f- these the practice, games. yeah. But I, I remain saying that in terms of most value, like the true definition of an MVP, and then it yeah. remains LeBron. Not only has LeBron like done his thing at his age, but you know this year he has a career high, like what ten point five assists a game. He's been a true playmaker. Like he seriously is mm-hmm. doing the damn thing. So you know, I was listening to the radio this morning. Something that got pointed out to me: mm-hmm. there's only one player in the NBA that has broken up super teams. Do you know? Can you name that player? LeBron, no, because no. he beat the Warriors. No, what? 2003 was it? 2000, 2013. Kawhi Leonard, Spurs broke up the Heatles. Oh, yep, that's a good. And point. then, and then last year, broke up the Doves. Mm. That's pretty interesting. I didn't see it that way, but Kawhi is the only man in the in the league that has done that. Kawhi was MVP too for that for the Spurs. Interesting. So Kawhi, by theory, if he were to do with the Clippers, he would be the first person in NBA history that includes Michael Jordan. Well, obviously, because Michael Jordan only played for, well, I mean, if you count the Wizards, sure. But um, Mm -hmm. he would be, by theory, the first person to win finals MVP for three different teams. That would be... That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. The Raptors, and then by theory, the Clippers. He would be the first one in NBA history. Because if the Clippers win the championship, there's no doubt that he's going to be the finals MVPs. Yeah. Yeah. He's, just, he's, a fun, he's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. <laughs> fun guy. And fun guys win MVPs, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey. Tee up. Game up. Appreciate you guys' this yep. time. Appreciate sure. it to all our listeners, whether you choose to listen to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify. We appreciate you. Also, check us out on Instagram, at Just the West. Twitter at just the West and of course the blog, which I need to do more blogging of, but it's still there. www.justthewest.com. Came out to you up until next time. We out here. Peace. Later. Peace.